Welcome to Off Code, the show where we ignore the cultural code and have real and intriguing conversations regarding the Black community and ways we can move forward to human flourishing. Hey everyone, I am Monique Dusan and this is Off Code. And I am Kevin Briggins and we are excited to get started. So Monique, you mentioned this to me uh, a while back that you wanted to start a podcast, that there was something on your heart you wanted to get off. And you wanted to start this podcast. And I was like, that is awesome. And then you called me and said, hey, how about you co-host it with me? And I was <laughs> and I was right on board. I was like, yes, let's do this. So tell people what your heart was and why you wanted to start this podcast. Okay, so this podcast has been on my heart for, goodness, the better part of nine months or so. And it's really just to have a conversation with people about the Black community, about, and not to say that the Black community is, you know, one big community, but a lot of the issues that are being put forward in culture right now are being blamed on whiteness. And I really don't know that we can blame everything happening in like Black inner cities on whiteness. So how do we have conversations that bring people into the truth of what is happening in a lot of communities? And is whiteness even a thing that, you know, many people in lower income communities communities are worried about. Um, I think the the tipping point for me was when I heard Lecrae, or I saw a tweet that Lecrae did. And he said, you know, before we can talk about black abortion, we should be talking about like whiteness, white supremacy, white systems and all of that. And I was like, I'm done. We have to be able to talk about these things in public and really get down to the crux of what's happening that makes black abortion rates the highest in the nation. I don't know that I can blame this on whiteness. So that's kind of my thought on it. Having just conversations in general that bring people further along in the conversation of um, quote unquote black culture, not to say that we're a monolith again, but like, how do we, how do we combat the narrative that I think is being put forward that, well, you know, these are things that are black. We don't all think the same. We all have, we all have different experiences, but then I said, I asked you to be on the podcast and you said yes. And then you said, you know, how about we call it off code? And I was like, off code. And then you explained to me what off code was. So why don't you tell us a little bit about off code? Yeah. So I was watching a podcast and a guest was on it and there was, it was a black podcast and there was one guest on it who wasn't black. And they were talking about issues within the black community. And one girl refused to talk. She was like, I'm going to stay on code. In other words, she wasn't going to talk about issues or anything negative in front of outside company. And I thought that was very, very interesting. And so I felt like we have to have these discussions because we have them um, when we're alone. We have them in private. But it was one of those things of, I believe a lot of these conversations need to be public. And so I was like, let's go off code and let's break code and let's have these discussions. Let's say hard things that make us uncomfortable, but let's have these discussions so we can um, we can learn and grow from them. Because not talking about these things and only talking about certain issues, or only talking about certain sides of an issue in public while talking about the other side behind closed doors, I don't think it's helpful to us. So, yes, yes, I I completely agree. Um, 
I would say an example of like going off code, like you said, is having that that discussion publicly or in front of white people. So we would have a lot of conversations or I would overhear growing up a lot of conversations that were had like between my mom and her friends while they were in the kitchen. Yes. You know, and all the kids are running around. And then here you have this group of people just in the kitchen talking all the the, the drama, mm-hmm. all the gossip and everything like that. But I think in real time, when I look at being off code, it reminds me of coming back home from South Africa in 2018. I was surprised just how much conversation was now in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um there has been a lot more conversation in the street as compared to the past. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I remember those kitchen conversations too. And one thing that stood out to me was when I became an adult, when I look back on them, I realized, Oh, I remember that. I know. now I know what they were talking about when I was a kid, it was over my head, but now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I know I get it. Um, and so those conversations are really, really important conversations. And a lot of people don't think we have them. And yes. so because we only have them behind closed doors. So I think it's important that we do have these conversations in public because it's confusing to people when they see crazy murder rates in black inner cities. But yet we're up in arms over a few police shootings. Right. They like mm-hmm. when that doesn't sound like why are you concerned about one and you seem to be silent on the other It's because mm-hmm. that other conversation we have behind closed doors. Right. Yes. So let's yes. put it all out there. Let's have it all um, in public and have a complete whole conversation on many of these issues. I agree. I agree. So today's issue for our very first episode is going to look at Black marriage. What is happening within the Black community that is leading many Black women away from marriage? I just read a statistic today that said only about like Gosh, that there was a maybe 67, maybe percent of black women were not married. Yes. Yes. And I know you and I have had this discussion offline, but you have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. And this discussion is being had in black circles. But I don't think the like the larger American community or many white people would understand that we are talking about marriage, even though it's very few of us who are getting married currently. Yes. So, so uh, go ahead. No, I'll say no. It's like we're, we're, we've acknowledged there's a problem. Everybody's trying to figure out what that problem is. And so it's a lot of, a lot of things being thrown out there. There's a lot of strife right now. If you, mm-hmm. if you look in, you know, online, Twitter, Facebook, no, YouTube, there's a lot of discussions being had, but there is a lot of tension between Black men and Black women. And so the conversations being had, I just don't feel this oftentimes very helpful, productive. Um, I don't think we're coming to the right solutions, even if people are diagnosing true problems. Okay. So I have some some questions and topics written out that we can just weigh in on and and see where we land. Um, And it's because you sent me some some clips. You sent me some articles. I read some stuff. And let's just let's just pop off and see what happens. So should there's within black marriage, within those who are getting married, the majority Mm -hmm. of black people are marrying other black people. Now, yes. when you go outside and look at interethnic marriage, 
black men tend to marry white women at the highest rate, like interracially when looking at black men and Hispanic women, black men and Asian women and things like that. The, yeah. the largest percentage of um, like outside of the black population, you know, connection would be to a white person, but yes. it's very few black women who are marrying white men. Yes. First question is, do you think that we should stay within our ethnicity? Like, do you think that it should be black on black marriage that, that out of all the options available, should we be sticking in the, the confines of black marriage to be able to keep even like our ethnicity, our race, you know, alive yeah. and things like that. You're married to a black woman. I am I not am. married. That I will bring that information in in just a minute. But <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I don't think that we should stay within our own kind. That kind of that mindset. I believe you should marry who you want to marry. That 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 type of racialized thinking, that's I don't believe that's helpful, especially the more we have integrated into the broader society, the broader culture of America, it's hard to say I will only date and, and experience this slither of people. And so I don't believe that we should necessarily limit ourselves to um, our ethnicities. I think there's a problem when people say I won't date people of my own ethnicity. I think that is a completely different conversation, but I don't think you should limit yourself to that. I agree. Um, man, when I was in the world, <laughs> and, and golly, I used to have a saying that like men are like Skittles, taste the rainbow. Now uh -huh. it was it was not the the way in which that probably sounds, but it yes. was definitely to say, hey, don't limit yourself to just one ethnic background. Yeah. And I think my preference would have always been a black man because of hashtag blackness. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I believe that anymore. I, I truly think that, you know, the Lord will bring, or at least for the Christian, you know, the Lord brings us together or we, you know, hopefully choose rightly. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. You know, there is, there is so much room and beauty and freedom in people you know, and that doesn't have to be limited just within your ethnic group. So if you decide though, to go outside of, and this is one of the things I think that some women fear is that dating outside of your ethnicity means that you have to code switch. Like, and let me give a definition of code switching. Code okay. switching would be me acting or being a certain way when I'm in front of, especially white people. So I would talk a certain way, I would behave a certain way, but then when I get back home with my people, then I can just be, you know, I'm mm -hmm. just regular, I'm just me. You know, or like if we're at work and we answer the phone and we put on this, you know, very proper um, accent, not, not accent, but like tone in our voice and things like look, that. Look, let's keep it real. Yeah. Let, you ahead. put on your white voice. You put on your white voice. Let's That's just what say we it. would say. That yes. is what we would say. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I mean, I'm here for it. Um, but yes, what I've what I've heard, what I've read is like, man, I can't date outside of my race. When I go, when I go to his house or to like his parents' house, I'm gonna have to code switch. Yeah, I don't know about that though. I don't like, think I, so. I don't think you have to code switch in terms of changing who you are. Now, there are certain terminology, there are certain 
slang that you probably won't use because they can't relate to it, you know, certain cultural references, but you don't have to change who you are, right? I, I think we take it, we take it too far as in terms of who are we, what is my whole identity? Um, so you don't have you you might have to code switch in terms of to me, code switching is more about am I at home? Am I in the culture? Am I in a professional setting? If I'm if I'm simply at somebody's house and this isn't you know a professional setting where I need to, I'm gonna be me, right? And so you but you do have to pick and and choose like who your audience know who your audience is. If if it's a you know all white middle class group, you know some of your cultural references you might make like you and I make to each other that when we just get it. Mm-hmm. You, it might not you might not say that because there's a chance they might not understand because they didn't grow up watching that show or know that reference that song but you don't have to change who you are right and so i i think i think that the code switching thing is a little bit overblown in that setting hmm. well then what about the the argument that is going around right now that regardless of your like ethnic preference or, you know, who you're marrying and things like that, that marriage itself is a part of white supremacy, which, and here, let me, let me explain the argument. So the argument is that, is that marriage is part of white supremacy because marriage goes to further the capitalistic mindset, the capitalistic culture of America and capitalism itself being a part of whiteness and white supremacy. Whereas when you look at um, maybe some of the Eastern cultures or, you know, cultures outside of America that don't have a huge value on capitalism, the goal in marriage is, or partnership is usually to raise the children, to have the children, to raise them and make sure that they, you know, are alive at the end of the day when they are, you know, adults, they actually are raised to, to full adults. Mm-hmm. But in America, that is that is part of the goal, but it's also much more than that. And so I've been, I, golly, when I read that, I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Something about it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my thoughts on that is sometimes we're just too educated, right? <laughs> that, that, you, you have to get educated to a certain philosophy and worldview to even believe that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the the world didn't start at the founding of America, right? So marriage goes back as far as human civilization. And so this idea that marriage itself is some type of white supremacist tool, that is simply, you know, social gender studies type stuff, right? Because we do know based on our laws, you know, you get married, the wealth stays in the marriage. The person dies, the wealth gets passed down to the to the kids. It stays within the family. So marriage becomes kind of this benefit to hold on the wealth. Well, if you come from a mindset where you kind of have this socialist Marxist type of mindset where you want to be able to grab wealth and distribute it as you feel pleased, then you're going to say, yeah, mm-hmm. this whole idea of marriage is oppressive, right? It, it's holding us back. And so I, I wouldn't go there. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I think the human condition, we we need each other. Men and women need each other. We desire marriage. I don't care what culture you find, you're going to find a form of marriage, right? And so this idea that, this trend, I should say, that 
we don't need marriage. We need to break up the nuclear family. We need to just kind of recreate our own thing. I've seen a lot of these kind of discussions and it's almost as if people have realized something is broken, something's not working. And instead of getting back to what we know the solution is, everybody wants to come up with something new and different to make it work instead of saying, how do we get back to what we've lost? Because at one point in time, marriage in our community was a normal, constant, expected thing. And we lost it along the way. Yes, we did. And I would say that we lost it probably somewhere around that welfare phase. But Mm. one of the things that I think you're hitting on is that marriage is something that has been from the beginning. Now, you know, if you're watching and you don't know that we're Christian, we are both Christians and we are historic Christians. So we believe in, you know, a full gospel, a full um, vision or or understanding of, of Christian history. And so when we look in Genesis 1, one of the things we see is the bringing together of the man and the woman. We see the union of the man and the woman. And this is our grounds for marriage. When the Lord sets the family up, he sets that he sets it up first with man and woman, that a man will leave his mother and father and a woman will leave her mother and father. They would cleave to one another. And this is part of my issue with um with Black people not getting married, and this is a bit of a tangent, but with Black people not getting married, especially Black women, because our our rates are so low, is that this is something that is part of God's creation mandate for people, not just, you know, not just, you know, white people are supposed to get married or, you know, Korean people are supposed to get married. No, when God spoke over creation, what he spoke over humans was marriage and procreation. And, you know, we as a culture are definitely getting away from that with the rise of the black trans movement and all those things. But um, in addition to that, the idea of inter-ethnic marriage, going back to our previous um, chat is, we don't we don't stop and say, well, I will only date this person or I will only date that person based on skin color or ethnicity. When we look at the scriptures, we see that all people are created in God's image. The goal of who we select should be based on are they in Christ or are they in Adam? Are they um, mature in the faith? Are they strong leaders? Are they able to lead their household? Um yeah. Do they love you as Christ loved the church? These are the things that we should be looking for. But yes, it, it oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, that was a, that was a cutoff and a tangent. But uh, go ahead. But no, but it's needed because the reason we wanted to start this podcast is because there is an element of what you said that is missing from the conversation. Right. We all people are trying to find different ways to solve the problem but nobody is willing to go back and say, have we lost? What did we lose? What changed? And what really changed was we got away from Christian principles that were so key to the um, black community, whether it's the civil rights movement, Christianity is key to, whether it's, you know, this, the, the principles of marriage. I mean, just growing up, I'll put it like this. We need more big mama churches. That's what I'll say. (laughs) We have lost Big Mama's church. Big Mama's religion, Big Mama's church, faith, hope, principles, uh, work. We've lost all of that, all those things. And so Mm -hmm. I think if if we're going to really solve these these issues, we got to say, okay, what did we lose and what do we need to get back to? 
instead yes. of trying to come up with new things uh, to kind of put band-aids on the problem instead of looking at the root issues. Well, let's look at that. Let's look. And to me, this and you might disagree, but to me, this goes down to the um, the entry or um, like welfare coming onto the scene and what that did to the black family, what it did to and not just the black family, but I think yes. it impacted the black family more so than other you know, racial demographics. Yes. So this idea of black singlehood or single motherhood within the black community, I think there's three sides. So we kind of talked about the spiritual aspect of society. I think there's some cultural things that happen and also economic things. So uh, the issue of the welfare state, I believe that is an economic contributor to uh, what we're seeing as far because it's the numbers, the way the numbers are. So in the, to, up to the 1960s, black marriage rate was higher than whites. Yeah. And then from the 1960s, you see this steady decline. You go, what really happened? And it's because the state came in and played the role of husband, the role of provider. Women could have kids and be supported without a man being in the house. And not only a man being in the house, it was encouraged that a man. That's wasn't in what the I house. was gonna say. It was yes. encouraged. Like you yes. cannot still today. If 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 you go and apply for welfare and they know that you have a working man in the house, even if you need the aid. Yes, and so I mean I know there's one pastor. He talks to single moms about you know doing certain things about getting married. He pushes marriage within the inner city communities. He's ministering to people, and women have told him like. If they get married, they lose their benefits. Yep. So it, it is it is a strategic thing to just not get married. And a lot of times what you have is boyfriend, baby daddy simply lives in the house, but they're not going to get married. They're and not so, going to get married. And, and no. then that to me that even, gosh, I feel like, and this might be hard, but I feel like when a woman has a child, she is tied to that child. Now, not every woman, do some women get up and leave their kids? Sure. But the majority of women aren't just going up and leave their kid. Yes. But there are a lot of men within mm-hmm. us, we, our community that will get up and leave their kid. Will she get a check? Yeah, it, it has taken away a lot of the responsibility that men feel in terms of being a provider because, like I say, she getting a check. Um, you can also go back to the cultural aspects of this because this is where we are in our current conversation that I've seen in society is men pushing back on this narrative that they simply are leaving, that they're saying that women are providing a toxic household and so they're leaving. And so there are many, many factors that people are pointing at to say, hey, this is why Black marriages aren't working. This is why Black people aren't getting married. Um, and women will say men aren't providers. They're not being faithful. They're dogs. They're this, that. They're being lazy. They're being sorry. And men will say, you know, I just want some peace in my house. And I come home and I got to deal with blah, blah, blah. She in my ear, you know, rolling her neck. You know, I can't make a decision, but like, we're competing for head of household. There is a lot of things that are coming. There's a lot of forces as to why this number is so high as far as the amount of um, black women who are unmarried. And so 
Yeah, I, I think we, we have to look at all of it. First of all, the neck roll, like if you can't deal with a neck roll, you might just need to sit down for a little bit. Like if that's your biggest complaint, because I'm going to roll my neck. Like we roll our neck, like that's what we do. But, and I'm not saying that we have to, I'm not saying that, like that's a definitive, but what it what the conversation does sound like and things that I've read and watched is that it's an either or. Either black women are to blame because we're too, um, yes. too yes. motivated, we're too strong, we're too independent, we don't submit, we da 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 da, or the black man is to blame. All he want to do is sit up on his computer and play games. He da 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 da, he don't want to help with the kids, he don't like to cook. Like he puts it all on me. He he doesn't want to support my dreams, but he wants me to support all of his. But yes. it's a it's like it's this either or. And what I think people are missing is that it's actually a combination of of many different things. Yes. We actually are living in a generation right now that has had the least amount of two parent households. And so how do you know how you're supposed to be if you haven't seen it modeled? If you're a woman mm. coming up in this in this conversation of marriage, how do you know how to be a wife if it's never been modeled to you? And if you're yes. a man, how do you know how to be a husband if that hasn't been been presented to you before? You can't go off of the TV shows because that's not real. But this is what people are looking for. This mm -hmm. media marriage. Yes. That is not that's not real life. But I, I, I think each side does have some. Some okay position some okay points some things that we might want to look at you know yes. is the is the black woman i'll speak as, as a black woman um is it that i'm too headstrong because i can't be headstrong let's just be honest um is it that i wanted to seek after my education you know and you know go to school before i decided to date and things like that possibly possibly but i think more so than anything, I grew up at a time when the conversation on the street from the older Black women was that you shouldn't need a man for anything. Mm. You should be able to provide for yourself. You should be able to work, get your education, and do all of these things. There is nothing that I should need a man for. And when you grow up with that that mentality or that messaging being repeated to you, and I heard it, I heard it from my teachers, I heard it from at home, like I heard it from friends, parents. There's something that just subconsciously gets ingrained, and you begin to do for yourself. I can buy my own shoes. I pay my own rent. I buy my own car. I. I do for myself. And it's not yeah. that I don't necessarily want to be married. This other narrative, though, is just kind of on loop in the background. Yeah. And so, man, those are good points. And the, when you were talking about how you were raised as, you know, a young, you know, black woman growing up, how were we raising black boys at that time? You know, were we raising them to be men and leaders no, a lot of single mothers were raising black boys and babying them. And he got to just be a kid all the way yep. up. His mama was always there taking care of him. And, you know, so you got these strong, black, headstrong, independent black women. But you got these black men who have been kind of coddled by mom, by single mom the whole time. Yep. And um, that dynamic just has not played out well because, uh, let's be honest, that headstrong, highly educated Black woman isn't going to want to, I'm going to say this dirty word, isn't one going to submit to some man who she doesn't feel is a leader. She doesn't feel can lead her, can lead her family, is a decision maker, is wise, you know, all those qualities 
I've I've heard it said like this, because a lot of black men are saying black women don't want to be submissive, and black women have said we will submit to somebody who we believe is worth submitting to, and so it's just this back and forth of the standard, um, and it's just a lot of I don't know how we get past it. It, it seems. Go ahead. No, no, I, it it just seems to be that um we we can point out what is wrong we can point out we understand from a social standpoint looking back what went wrong but what does it mean to get past those things to where we can join in union and live because one thing you said too was a lot of those women want to be married but what do they believe marriage should look like a lot of times know. Yeah, a lot of times, know what they say. They say, well, I'm looking for a partner. They just kind of want this co-buddy that can come alongside them and partner with them in life and not marriage what a man is looking for. He's looking for a wife. He's not looking for a co-partner. He's not looking for a co-leader, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that dynamic is just, we're, we're, we're missing each other. We're talking past each other, you know, and... We just got to get back to the basics, you know. When when you said the word submit, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, see. Mm -hmm. And I mean, today I, I, I operate with that word or, or feel so different about that word um, and can see that it was originally designed um, and used for a purpose. But man, when I was younger, I would just call it the S word. People thought mm. I was swearing. I was like, no, it's, <laughs> no, the S-U-B word. Yeah. Uh -huh. I wouldn't, I would not call, I would not use the word submit. Yes. And yes. it's because I didn't need a man to be on top of me. I didn't mm. need a man to run me, to run mm. my life, to tell me when I can or cannot go somewhere. Do you know who I am? Like <laughs> this, this, it was just my mentality. Yeah. And Today, what it, this has literally just been over the last few years, understanding how men and women are different, one, mm -hmm. and that that difference is created and designed by God. But then two, understanding even what what it means for a wife to come under her husband, mm -hmm. like and, and to be led and how like what are the qualifications when you said, you know, what are the qualifications you're looking for in a marriage? What is marriage to you? Well, it's just partnership. No, actually, you know, yes, you are his helpmate. You are partners in this, but there's something deeper than that. He yes. is to be your leader. He is the priest of his home. Like there is something that, that you should be led in and he should be able to lead you and your kids. Now, mm -hmm. if he can't do that, mm. Then why are you with him? Why are you that's, with him? That's my question right there. Cause I could be alone in a corner with a jellyfish and mm -hmm. be cool but yeah. when see i think women have a skewed vi version or vision of what they want but then men also have this skewed vision of what they think they should be mm -hmm. like you come into the house with that's my house and da, 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 yeah. we gonna well no yeah no no yep. how are you leading how are you loving your wife as christ loves the church you know within our community we see a lot of issues and 
all of these issues just aren't present because of black women and they roll in their neck or roll yeah. in their eyes. No. Some of these, some of these issues come up because men have abdicated their position. Why mm. do we see, and this, this not even about marriage, but why do we see so many um, female led black churches? Because men to me have abdicated their position that I'm just saying, but when we look in, when we look in like the larger context of marriage overall, you don't see a lot of men standing up and being like, look, I'm going to lead you according to the ways of scripture. I'm going to lead you according to, you know, what, what Paul talks about and how a man should be, you know, a man of one wife. We have people, famous people openly declaring today they're like, polyamorous relationships and mm -hmm. you know all of these things so i feel like yeah we can talk about women but dude like i can't forget the men in this conversation yeah you're right and like i said let's take it back to basics so at some point in time we talk about now i said we we need to get back to a big mama church we've lost that discipleship uh aspect of it and this is how i've always described marriage when i talk to young younger people um about the submission word that s word right Yes, the Bible says, wives, you know, submit to your husbands, you know, as unto the Lord. Like there is a real command that you submit to your husband the way you will submit to the Lord. That we can't overlook that. But right following that, it was it's, it's husbands. Love your wives as Christ loves the church, e even to the point of death. And so yes. it's one of those things of, and so I'm, I'm married. If I'm loving my wife as Christ loves the church, I'm putting, I'm putting her um, desires, needs, her benefit before my own. I'm being, I'm loving her sacrificially. If I'm doing that, then the part of wives submit to your husband is not a hard thing to do. Yes. Because she understands that I have her best interest in mind, even if it's something where we oh. disagree on. Mm -hmm. she knows that my heart is for her and her good and our good as a whole. But see, this comes down to a lack of trust Ooh. because one, we don't know what we're doing. Let's just be honest. Not, not a lot of us know what we're doing in, in yes. the relationship space. And now what you're telling me, me, I've been raised to be independent, bold, outspoken. People don't just talk to me any kind of way. And now you're telling me you want me to, su to submit? You want me to trust this guy who you know, we, I've known him for a couple years. We didn't, we'd have been dating for a couple years. I don't know if that's enough time to say that you get all my trust, even if I'm trying my hardest to trust you. And then you get a guy over on this side and he's so close to his mama that you know, don't nothing come between them. And now you as another woman are coming in and saying, trust me, trust mm -hmm. me. No, I got you. I got your back. Like I'm going to be here. Yeah. It's yeah. The tr I, I think the trust issue is a very big issue within our community because one, when you get together with your girls, What's the first thing that come up? Oh, Tyrone. You know mm -hmm. Tyrone, da, 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 he dirty. Then you mm -hmm. get to, together with your guys, and it's like, oh, I didn't did this, 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 and the other thing. There's no, there's no true mutual respect and trust that would bring us together. Yes. Um, another aspect, because I just thought about what you what you said about, you know, she get with her girls and they're talking, he get with his guys and they're talking. Where is the accountability 
within those groups. Mm. Some dudes, she'd be like, dude, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to treat her better than that. You need to be yep. faithful. You need to man up. Yeah. Right? You need to forsake all that other stuff out there you're chasing. Yeah. Right? And, and where are the women telling her, like, look, either you're going to be with him or you're not. Yeah. Right? Either he's your man, because you're choosing him. Either he's mm-hmm. your man or he's not. Treat him like your man. Yep. You know, that, that accountability seems to just be absent on both sides, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's a lack of community there. How are we preparing? Like like you said, the, the accountability. I think um, another word like that you used earlier is discipleship. How are we mm. discipling people to understand what marriage is? When... So I didn't come into church until like seriously come into church until I was about 16. Um, And even at that time, there was there was nobody talking about, you know, this is how to date Mm -hmm. as a young woman. Um, I was taught how to pray, taught worship, you know, things like that. But the idea of being in relationship that wasn't taught. I remember there was one class on like like a a woman's class and I didn't go because I was like that's dumb um and I mean I'm serious I, I thought yeah, it was dumb yeah. like I don't want to know how to set a table and fold napkins Ooh, and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff because I can hire somebody to do that for me or I that's like just, that's just old-fashioned it, it that, just it it, yeah. it felt very like that's what old women do that's mm-hmm. what um women who are just gonna be under their man do and I was not raised like that. Yeah. But now I realize that that is a very useful skill, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but there's no discipleship in how how are you a wife? And so like when I think about the word that says, um, you know, young women are to be like trained and taught by the older women. Mm-hmm. Well, you can teach me how to pray. You can teach me how to worship. You can, you know, teach me the word of God and things like that, but you don't teach me what it means to be married. Yeah. There's a cycle that needs to be broken because a lot of the advice the older women were giving was just wasn't good advice. Mm. You know, it was because they were hurt. That was trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They were hurt and they was like, look, baby, don't you have to depend on no man. You take care of you. You do you. You go to school. You get your education. You get your degrees. You get your own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they had good intentions. But they 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 set they set us back in terms of marriage and relationships. You know, um, just because that mindset is is good for some things, but it ultimately wasn't what makes you a wife so we talk about what is it that and there's one thing i do appreciate about the current conversation that's being had online social media is no one had ever asked what is it that men want it was always you know what do women want it was always women saying this is why i'm so appealing because these are the qualities i possess but nobody had ever asked hey what is it that men are actually looking for um, and so men are starting to speak up what they're looking for and what they're looking for. We're finding out is not the things that women are saying that they value about themselves, like their education, how much money they make, their status, all these things that they value to them, to, that they believe makes them um, a quality, suitable partner or wife. 
those are not the things that the men themselves are even actually looking for or valuing. And so there's a value issue of missing one another uh, where men are saying, no, I value, you know, um, I want to, I don't want to say submissiveness, but just the way you treat me, am I your man? You know, um, men are valuing um, the idea of, I, what's the word being cooperative that's the word they're using um and we can look at okay how yeah, does that work out? i'm like how give me that... some examples of this cooperative yeah. like I'm, I'm gonna be honest so let's 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 be real let's be mm-hmm. be off code uh everybody know when you say the term becky what becky mean right yeah becky yeah. is more you know cooperative cooperative yeah you know becky doesn't you know, give you lip mouth when you come home. You know, Becky isn't, Becky kind of more understands her role, as you can say, you know. Oh, um, see, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Look, look like this, like this. Becky ain't trying to compete with you for head of household. That's what. See, I don't, I don't know that it's about that. Like, I feel like that is a, a persona that people put out there, but I don't necessarily know that that's true. Like just because I'm outspoken or because I'm going to, I tell you exactly what I'm thinking doesn't necessarily mean that I need to compete with you for the head of household. It could just be that I'm articulate and I want to have like dialogue and we can have that conversation. Like I'm not trying to, to just let you go with something that I might not agree on. I agree. So th- I heard I heard it put this way, because um, it's not about being silent. It's not about ha- not having a voice. It's about how do you use uh, the talents? What what is the the talent of a woman? And they would say that the strength of a woman is her ability to be persuasive to a man, mm-hmm. right? So are you coming at him rah 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 rah, or are you you know rubbing his back? You know, yeah, hey, you know, babe, I. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying on that, but you know, have you thought about you know just that it's 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 how you're coming at him. It's not necessarily being silent. It's simply the method in which you try to um, persuade or convey uh, your position Ooh. or get what it is you want. Goodness gracious! Yeah, see, growing up, I like my thought would have been, why do why do you need me to like soothe out your ego so much, like? You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. it is it really that? Is it really for men, for black men? Like, because I think white women and white men are they getting married at like fifty percent, something like that. So it's like, is, is it an ego thing? Is it that you can't like if if you say, well, I disagree, and I'm like, well, you know, I disagree too. This this and the other thing mm-hmm. that you can't like a black man can't handle that. They don't uh, want that. Like to me, it would be it's more. Um, I don't know, disingenuous maybe to feel mm-hmm. like, well, let me, let me, you know, tone it down. Let me come around this way and let me come around that way when I can just say, what? Well, let me, let me just tell you now out of respect and out of love, I'm not going to curse you out, but I also don't feel like I need to back myself down so much. And our, our, this reminds me of like college conversations because the black guys would date the white girls or mm-hmm. the black girls that were more, you know, yeah. And it's like, Oh, we would we would say some things, but it's like you you don't want to deal with us. I, I'm gonna take it back to scripture. I this is this 
I find this scripture hilarious just because you can kind of well, you see where it goes. But it's a proverb and it says it's better for a man to live on the corner of a roof than in a house with a quarrelsome woman. Mm-mm. It's better than him to live on the corner of the roof than in the house with a quarrelsome woman. So this isn't necessarily a black man thing. This is there's something to this. When I come home, I don't want to fight. Yes. You know, I don't want to battle. You know, I leave the battlefield of the world. I come home. I want some peace. I want to, you know. And so I think that that just plays a, a big part in the who these men are choosing to be. Because I think it's 85% of black men are married to black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but as a, but that's more so because of the older generation, the younger generation is more like 25% of marrying outside of uh, the, the race. So, and I would say it's we, 85% of married black men, not 85% of yes. all black men. Yeah. Yes. So 85% of married black men are married to a black woman. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of times having to do with the older generation. The younger generation, that percentage is, is, is lower. Mm-hmm. There are more you no know, black men not married to um, black women. The younger, yeah. gener- the younger the generation is. And there's multiple factors for that. It isn't just this. It's just as we've, you know, become more into the the broader culture you start getting exposed to more things the black community itself is you know um um you know expanded out from the inner cities and you, you you're being exposed to different people and so you're going to end up marrying people who aren't necessarily of your ethnic group just because you're exposed to more people yeah um, one of the stats i read was that it- Gosh, I don't remember the numbers, but the higher the degree, the less likely the black man was to marry a black woman. Yes. Yes. And that's now, why a lot of times we talk about pro athletes and celebrities yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Higher the income, higher the degree, less likely they are to marry a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it, even in that statistic, it takes two to tango. And so yeah. listening to your proverb on, you know, it's better to um, live on the corner of a roof for a man than it is to, with with a quarrelsome woman. Do you think that part of the messaging that black men are being given is that we just don't need them? Mm. I think that's yeah, yeah. I'm about think... to buy me a shirt that say I need you, boo. I need you, boo. <laughs> no, and you know what? And that would be help. Uh, I think because you talk about ego. I do think ego was a part of it. And I do think black men want to feel like black women want them mm-hmm. and not the, I can do good all by myself. Or I can do bad all by myself. Right. Yeah. But I mean, there was a time and you know what? I have not been in the dating scene in a while, so I'm not sure what is out there now, but it's, there was a time when it was like, you know what? No, I don't want to settle for this. I don't want to settle for you on your Xbox smoking weed. And, and, <laughs> and, and please to, don't, please don't know? do that. No, the devil is a lie. Um, but if that's what my options are, because yeah. the more educated men are going after people outside of the black community, mm-hmm. well, then I'm going to have to be by myself because the weed smoking Xbox playing guy who's still living in his mama basement ain't for me. No. And so while I hear, you know, this, this, this thought that, you know, there is a vibe among some black women that, well, we don't, I don't need, I don't need a man. It could just be, I don't need that kind of man. I do think that we get jaded too. You know, we've seen what our daddies did. We've seen what uncle, mm-hmm. you know, Harry and all them did and the guys who grew up on the block and all that. And we just become protective of our own hearts. Yes. Yes. Man, and so that how, is... 
You know, and then it's like, well, how do men, men, y'all want your ego stroked and you want to feel good. You don't want to be living up on the corner of the roof. But how do you also participate with your black woman and with black women in general to let them know, hey, look, I know that that time sucked. I know that that was, you know, this is the messaging that's been ingrained in you. And yet. Yes. Because yeah. we want the, the conversation is like the women need to come on over. They need to be submissive. They need to da da da. But you don't understand, honey. You also participated in that. And how are you going to help participate in unwinding some of the the spiral that we've been in, partly because of the lack of black yeah. presence or black male presence? Yeah, and I'll say this too because a lot of this conversation isn't taking place in the context of a Christian worldview. So a lot of the way the men are expressing their concerns isn't very healthy right because the one thing they're missing out they're looking at it from a very naturalistic perspective yes and so what they're missing out though and you said about protecting your heart what men don't seem to understand is that women need financial security emotional security Mm -hmm. right and if you if you're not providing those two things then telling her just to submit to you that's that's a tough sale. Are you providing financial security to her? Are you providing emotional security to her? Yes. Run, running out doing your thing and telling her just to be home and be submissive, that ain't that ain't gonna work. Right. Yes. You know, yes. so yeah, it, it is definitely a two-way street that men and women both need to un, to learn what it means to be husband, what it means to be wife. What does yes. it mean to put someone else completely over yourself? When you have two people doing that. That is how marriage works, you know, Mm, but when it's all about me and mine, it's all about what I need, my goals. I just want you to come alongside me and my goals. That's yeah. Y'all going to be, if y'all ain't going to work out, y'all going to be, you know, divorced in two or three years. Cause sitting up there on divorce court. Mm -hmm. When, when you were saying um, about the emotional security, I think that's even deeper than financial security. Absolutely. Like we, she'll stay with you in the struggle, in a financial struggle. struggle. She'll stay with you. If you're providing I mean, emotional security. Yes, yeah. yes. And and even before you get married, and this is what I think that people don't understand, is that if you choosing to sleep with her or you choosing to sleep with him, it's going to break down some of that trust and emotional security. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a reason why sex is meant to be within the confines of marriage. Yes. There's an emotional connection and tie that is formed when two people engage in sexual relations. Yes. And now let's say, y'all break up or he cheat or things like that that just continues to to erode away at that trust we aren't talking about these things instead we give out condoms in the schools and Mm -hmm. you know just do what you do and it'll be all right and things like that and don't get married young go live your life so by the time you 30 30 35 trying to get married you bringing all this baggage into this marriage or this relationship of all your broken relationships all the people you've slept with all of that mm-hmm. brokenness, now you want to bring it into it. We need to stop listening to people that say that kind of stuff. Yes. And what people do, and you know what, this is going to be a hard word. But what I feel like a lot of women don't understand too is that men ain't trying to get with you when you have kids. Mm. Like that, they, a lot of them don't want to deal with this baby daddy drama. Yes. Yes. I feel and- like women are more apt to deal with baby mama drama than men are to deal with baby daddy drama. Like they yeah. don't, they, don't nobody want that drama. Yes. And so now I feel like the the struggle gets even harder to find, you know, connection and relationship. 
It does. And so one thing they're they're discovering too with older black women, 35 to 40, you know, professional careers, really successful, you know, have put marriage off to chase the bag. What they're finding is they're saying, okay, I want to be married now. I want to have some kids before my clock runs out. And what they're finding is because they want a man that's on their level, they're finding the men who are on their level financially and education wise and, and you know, in that age range, he's now looking for a 25, 26 yes. year old. Yep. He's not looking for 38 year old. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what she is looking for isn't what he's looking for. And so she's what she ends up doing because she won't settle is she ends up just being alone. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It is sad. Um, controversial name you know kevin samuels he he he, he always say he said go buy a dog don't get your dog because you're gonna be alone yeah like he it, it's it's sad but there's some truth to it it yep. really is and i know in you know my family just what i see around there's just so many single black women it's just so many and you mm-hmm. just wonder like why is this not and i've seen them date and i've seen i'm be honest i've seen some of the dudes that's out there and i tell them i'm like look i feel bad for y'all because some of these dudes just sorry right Mm -hmm. so it's not it's not a one-way street it is a two-way street it is a two-way problem until we sit down together and have these conversations and really talk about what it means to be husband wife what it means to raise a family what it means to be one and it's the one thing too suffer be willing to suffer yes. for a better good. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole is I'm out as soon as things don't go the way I want it. It's, and it's that ain't even black. That's that's a societal yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. But we've we've pure, truly adopted it as well. And um, yeah, people don't stay together and work through those marriages and those tough times to even get to the point where they can say, I've been married 20, 30, 40 years, right? We've yep. produced something. We've got, we've, we've, we've produced successful kids. We, mm-hmm. we've, we've built something together. Right. Um, yeah. And I, and I know we got to wrap up and I probably should have started off with this, but so I got, I'm 40 years old now, got married at 26. My wife was 23. So we've been married, you know, 14 years. Um, we started dating, uh, in May of one year we got engaged in august and we were married in november go ahead go ahead so, kevin same, same, and, like and we've been together 14 years because we had the same values and principles mm-hmm. of what it meant to be married right um and i i the best advice we ever got i had some friends that are well we have some friends that are older about 10 years older and they said this when we when we engaged they was like look the butterflies come and go. Hmm. You fall in and out of love, all of this stuff. What makes a marriage work is being committed to the marriage itself. Hmm. If you're committed to the marriage itself, and, and it's one of those things like if let's take divorce off the table, that's not a thing. So what we have is the best of what we make it. So we can make this a thing where we fight every day. We make little things, big things. We don't forgive one another. We don't seek to reconcile together and just be a mess of misery. Or we can realize what we got is all we got. All we got is us. So we're going to make the best of this. And that, that's, 
that's how you make it work. It's about mindset and mentality. If you go in yeah. and just thinking about you, you know, and that's that it's just it's the sin of selfishness is what yeah. makes marriages and relationships break down. But yeah. We we are coming to the end, but oh man, you know one of the things that I didn't hit on that I really want to hit on is you would think that if you're a Christian, you could go to church. Mm. And that that would be a place, like a safe place at least, to be like, oh, you know, Jerome over there, he got mm-hmm. a nice smile. You know, he dressed all right. Mm-hmm. He loved the Lord. I see him worshiping in church and stuff like that. That's not an option. No. It, it, I mean, somebody might have, you know, had that success. But that that is such a, a fl- like a fleeting thought and a failing option. Um, All right. That's another show, Dating in the a, Church. That is, a, that is another show. Um, but yes, we are at our time. And I definitely want to hear your thoughts on it. So thank you for chopping it up. Um, our first episode, not too bad. Not, not too, too bad. bad. Not, not too bad. bad. You guys, make sure to leave your thoughts, comments. Um, let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what you wish you would have seen or where we you wish the conversation would have gone. Um, and yeah, with that, until next time. Bye, Keep you guys. the conversation going. Yeah.